0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.
1: Let's talk about some other things that we know. We know in Matthew chapter 9 and Matthew chapter 10 that Jesus gave, his authority, gave authority over sickness and disease to His disciples, first the 12 and then the seventy. We know he gave them authority to cure diseases and to cast out devils. And he told them what to do and he told them how to use it. Here's a question
2: for you. Where did he get the authority to give to them? If man lost his authority to the devil, it's clear that Jesus is operating in authority
1: that breaks the power of the devil. So how did he get it back while he was here on the earth? If we conclude that God had the authority and he delivered it to Jesus, then the question is, how did God give it back from man? You're telling me that when man fell, authority shifted back to God? That wouldn't make sense. First of all, God didn't give part-time authority to man. He gave man authority over the earth for as long as the earth reigns, for as long as the earth exists. Man is to reign, rule and reign over the earth.
2: So, where did Jesus get the authority over sicknesses and disease that he gave to his disciples? Turn with me to two openings of Scripture. First of all, I want you to see John chapter 3.
1: John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. That means he's acquainted with the law of Moses, he should know what the Old Covenant's about. The same man came to Jesus by night under the cover of darkness and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now let me ask you a question. What in the world is Nicodemus getting at? Is he just brown-nosing Jesus here? If so, he's going to, going to, to some degree of risk. He doesn't want to be found out by the rest of the Pharisees the Jewish leaders. There must be some kind of threat that he feels like he needs to come in the cover of darkness. For what purpose? Why would he go to risk, put himself at risk to whatever degree he was
2: to come tell Jesus, we know that you're come from God? Is that really what he's after? Is it possible
1: that he's coming to Jesus Searching for the answer to how is Jesus doing these miracles and so forth that God obviously is helping him do
2: Jesus seems to think so because Jesus answers him
1: and says verily verily I say unto you except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God now I do not believe that Jesus is some kind of weirdo where no matter what somebody asks him, he just focuses on what his talking points are and talks about salvation. If this is the case, this is the only time in the, in the scriptures that it happens. Every other time when people ask Jesus questions, he answers their questions. But let me submit something to you for your consideration. Nicodemus is focused on God because of the miracles. Rabbi, we know you're a teacher. Come from God. For nobody can do the miracles that you do unless God is with it. Where is Nicodemus looking to as the source of the power, the source of the miracle working power that's operating in Jesus? Well, from what he says, he's looking to heaven. Jesus, however, redirects his attention and his focus. He doesn't talk about heaven, he talks about the condition of man. Now, the subject is, and and without question, the subject of Nicodemus' query or inquiry
2: is the miracles. You've got to be from God because you can't do miracles unless God is with you like this.
1: So his interest is in the miracles. Jesus takes his attention away from heaven. He takes his attention away from himself
2: and points it back to the condition of man. Why would he do that? Why would he do that?
1: Why would he not at least come in Nicodemus and say, first of all, even though you came under
2: cover of darkness. Good on you. For recognizing that I'm from God. And then why didn't he
1: speak further and say, and since you've identified that I'm from God, you know who that makes me, don't you? You know the Old Testament scriptures. You know the law of Moses. You know that I'm doing the things that the Bible says, that the Old Covenant said, that Isaiah said, that the Messiah would do. Have you connected the dots yet? That would have been a great conversation for him to have with him, wouldn't it? But that's not what Nicodemus is after. That's not the point of his comment. The point of his comment is not, are you the Messiah? It's where are these miracles coming from? And Jesus points him back to the condition of man. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He seems to be making a casual statement that these miracles that you're so jazzed about, Nicodemus, are just a part of the kingdom of God. And the way to get into the kingdom of God is to be born again. We could stop here for a minute and remind you of Second Peter chapter 1 where Jesus said according to your, or Paul what's his name Peter said by the Holy
2: Ghost according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness isn't that what Jesus is doing here it, aren't those the miracles that Nicodemus is
1: wowed by things that pertain to life and godliness things that show the exercise of power over the devils, works in the earth, healing of disease, deliverance from bondage, casting out of devils. Wouldn't that be things that pertain to life and godliness? They'd have to be. And Jesus points him back to the condition of man. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, without finishing the story, turn with me over to Mark chapter 11. Because the point is not talking about how to be born again or that. The point is, where does the authority come from? Where is the source of the power? Where is the source of the miracles? Where is the source of the authority? Mark chapter 11, verse 27. And they came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, there came unto him the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And they said unto him, By what authority doest thou these things? Now they just come out and ask the question. Now realize this is the scribes, the chief priests, and the elders. This would be the same group in Jerusalem that Nicodemus is a part of. Is it possible that this has been a topic of conversation at the council meetings? would make sense, wouldn't it? Nicodemus just got a head start on it, came to Jesus privately, but now they all come and they want to know one thing, where did the authority come from to do the miracles that you've done that you're doing and that you've done where did the authority come from folks that's a great question where did the authority come from we know the authority first rested with adam in the garden of eden
2: but we know adam fell what happened to it then We know the
1: Bible says that Satan is the God of this world, but it doesn't mean the God of the earth. It doesn't even mean the God of this world's system. I don't believe the world's system changed when man fell. I don't believe the devil's big enough to replace God's system with another one. That term, that word that's translated world in Second Corinthians four, verse four, where it says Satan is the God of this world. That word world means time.
2: He's the God of this time. He's the God of this age. But how does he exercise authority or how does he influence man? Maybe that's a better way to
1: say it. How does the devil influence man during this present age? Can he make you do anything against your will? Absolutely not. Then, how does he exercise influence over mankind? Through deception. He deceives man in our present day, just like he deceived Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, or deceived Eve at least. He deceived Eve into using her authority in a manner contrary to the purpose of God. How does the devil control the world kingdoms? By deceiving man to use his own authority. Contrary to the plans and the purposes of God. But as we've noted before, there were good kings in Israel. There have been good kings in other countries. What have they done? They've exercised their authority and their influence according to things that were good and right instead of according to the devil's purposes. So I guess we could say if we wanted to summarize it or you tell me if this would be an accurate statement. It seems to me that we could summarize the devil's activity as working full time to deceive man to use his authority in a manner that's contrary to his best interest and contrary to the plans and purposes of God. And except he could get man to to use his authority in an ill-advised way, He cannot influence man whatsoever. He cannot utilize his actions or his power, whatever those powers may be, to man's detriment. He's got to get man to misuse his own authority. If man doesn't still have authority on the earth, how would that be possible?
2: Or why would it be necessary? Folks, the simple truth is, if the devil can't get you to do something that your
1: spirit doesn't want to do, if he can't get you to exercise your will, to side sign in, sign in with your flesh, he can't do anything in your life. And the more knowledge of the Word of God we gain, the more we walk in the Word of God, and the more we grow spiritually, the more spiritual power and authority we exercise, the less and less control, the less and less influence the devil has in our Christian lives. There's only one possible explanation. Man has authority on the earth.
0: Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing.
1: Because remember, even in the Old Testament, God said... According as they've spoken in my ears, so shall I do unto them. You're the one that has authority. You're the one that decides what you're going to have. Jesus said it this way in Mark chapter 11. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. In other words, he's saying whoever is willing to take this mountain, to remove this mountain from their path, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith.
0: Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.
1: Mark chapter 11. Chief priests and scribes and the elders came to Jesus and they said, by whose authority do you do these things? And who gave you this authority to do these things? Simple question. Jesus turns it around on them and says, I will also ask of you one question and you answer me and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Answer my question and I'll answer yours. Jesus is smart enough to know they really don't want to know for the sake
2: of ascertaining God's plan and purpose. They just want to find something that they can use against him. Here's the question he asks them, verse 30.
1: The baptism of John, was it from heaven or was it of men? Answer me. And they reasoned within themselves, saying, if we shall say from heaven, he'll say, why didn't you believe on him? But if we say of men, they feared the people, for all men counted John that he was a prophet Indeed. And they answered and said unto Jesus, we cannot tell. And Jesus answering said unto them, neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. Now Jesus had to have a purpose in asking this question. The baptism of John, who's it from? Is it from men? Or is it from heaven? Well, what's the answer? In Acts chapter 19, when Paul gets to Ephesus, he finds certain disciples and he thinks they're born again. And so he asked him, and he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Believed is an indication that he believed they were saved from their devout attitude toward the things of God. He assumed that they were born again. They said, we haven't heard of the Holy Ghost. He said, "Within well, then under what are you baptized? They said, we've been baptized under John's baptism. That's this one that Jesus is asking about in Mark chapter 11. Paul answers and said, the baptism of John was a baptism of repentance. But he talked about one that would come after him, who would baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now we know the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire is from heaven, but what about John's baptism of repentance? Is that from heaven or is that from men? Well, let me ask you this: Does God repent? Then a baptism of repentance can't be from God. The baptism of repentance is man seeing his need
2: and his failures and his own lack and changing his own heart toward God's purposes.
1: So the answer to Jesus' question about John's baptism is very simply this. John's baptism was a baptism of men. There was a supernatural aspect to it because he was anointed of the Holy Ghost. You remember he talked about John being the greatest of the prophets. He said, there's never been a greater prophet and John the Baptist. The reason for that was not because John the Baptist did miracles because he didn't. We don't have record of one miracle that he did. Elijah and Elisha in the Old Testament did tons of miracles. Elisha did exactly twice as many. He had a double portion of the same anointing that was on Elijah. He did exactly twice as many miracles as Elijah did, at least that are recorded in the scripture. So he's not saying that that uh, John was the greatest prophet because of the miracles. He's not saying that John was the greatest prophet because of the law. Moses is considered the greatest of the Old Testament prophets because he's the lawgiver among the Jews, I mean. Isaiah was a great prophet because he had
2: insight into the end time events. What made John the greatest of the prophets? The message of Jesus. And remember, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible uses the term
1: filled with the Holy Ghost. That doesn't mean the same thing as the Acts 2, 4 experience. It means he was set apart and anointed by God for a specific purpose, to be the herald that Jesus
2: is coming soon. That message that made him the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. So what can we say about John?
1: John's baptism was a baptism of men, but he was anointed of the Holy Ghost. And that would be the answer, the most complete answer that I can come up with at least, to Jesus' question about John's baptism. Now, why is Jesus answering or asking that question as a condition to answering theirs? Because the answer is the same. Jesus' source of authority was the same as John's source of authority. By what authority doest thou these things they asked? And who gave you this authority to do these things? What's the answer? The same as John's. The same as the reason that John was able to do what he did.
2: Jesus was a man anointed of the Holy Ghost. Look with me to John chapter 5. I'm going to go through
1: these pretty quick. I'm running out of time, so I want to get through this pretty quick. John chapter 5, verse uh, 26 for as the father has life in himself, so is he given to the son to have life in himself. Notice verse 27. And has given him authority to execute judgment also because he's the son of man. Let's keep reading. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. I can, verse 30, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. John chapter 8, verse 16, Jesus said, I judge no man. Talking about his work on the earth, he says, I judge no man. Well, then, what is his judgment? Verse 27, God has given him authority to execute judgment on the earth because he's the son of man. Please notice he does not say because he's God's son. He has given him authority to execute judgment on the earth because he's the son of man. Jesus said the source of his authority on the earth is from God because he's a man. Now, what judgment is he executing? Well, the judgment he's talking about is the work of salvation. What was the work of salvation? And by that I mean Jesus going to the cross, shedding his blood and being raised from the dead, paying the price for spiritual death during those three days between the cross and the resurrection. What was the judgment that Jesus executed relative to the resurrection? He passed judgment once and for all on spiritual death and all the characteristics and consequences thereof. Look with me to Matthew chapter 12. Verse 14, it says, Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him, how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. He healed them all, which means he he was exercising authority over sickness and disease. And he charged them that they should not make him known, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying... Behold, my servant and whom I've chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will show
2: judgment to the Gentiles. Is he talking about condemnation? Is he saying he'll condemn the Gentiles?
1: Well, that's not what he did. He will show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench Till he send forth judgment unto victory. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. The Gentiles were able to come to trusting in Jesus through the work of salvation. Were they not?
2: Notice he exercised judgment unto victory. He broke the back of spiritual death once and for all.
1: And everything that makes up spiritual death. Sickness, poverty, poverty depression, every evil thing. Notice why Jesus is executing judgment on the earth. He's executing judgment on the earth to bring victory to mankind. And he's executing judgment on spiritual death. John chapter 12, verse 27. This is his last night with his disciples. He said, now is my soul troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I into this hour. He's facing the cross. It's in the garden of Gethsemane. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered, and others said an angel spoke to him. And Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Please notice verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Notice the judgment of this world is judgment upon spiritual death, not judgment upon mankind. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw men unto me. Remember where we started in John chapter 5 and verse 27. And the, well, verse 26 says, The Father has life in himself, so is he given to the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment because he's the Son of Man. Folks, everything about Jesus' life on the earth was an exercise of authority because he was man. If that were not the case, if he was operating on the earth as the Son of God, There would never have been a need for him to be anointed by the Holy Ghost when he was baptized by John in the Jordan River. Who can anoint God? But the Bible says that he laid aside his heavenly power and glory for the purpose of coming to the earth and being born of a woman to operate on the earth as a man. He's not operating on the earth with the power that he had with the Father during the creation. He's laid all that aside. He's emptied himself of his heavenly power and glory. Jesus is an example of what a righteous man
2: that understands authority can do in the earth the breaking of sickness and disease over others the deliverance from bondage the casting out of devils those
1: are all things that pertain to life and godliness that are given to every man woman boy and girl, today that is in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God our Father and Jesus our Lord. According as His divine power hath given unto us. You don't have to ask for it. You don't have to seek after it. It's already given to you. According as His divine power hath given unto us
2: all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue.
1: Now, folks, I understand the things that we're saying cut directly across from what the modern church has taught us, what we've grown up with and hear and heard all of our lives. But that doesn't change the fact that it's true. I personally believe, you judge this for yourself, but I personally believe
2: that if we can break free from the mental block that's been created in us, And in the church world, by hundreds and hundreds of years of teaching, and find the truth and act on it instead. We'll exercise authority like the world's never seen.
1: It is a spiritual fact. It is a spiritual truth that Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, and with His stripes we're healed. It is a spiritual spiritual truth and an eternal fact. That you have authority over all the power of the devil. Jesus said nothing would by any means hurt you. Those are eternal truths. They may not line up with the way we think. They may not line up with what we've heard preached. But it's eternal truth. Man never has stopped being the one that was destined to have dominion in the earth. And Jesus came to restore every bit of it back to us. When Jesus first appeared to his disciples after his resurrection, he said, All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Then he conferred authority on the earth to his disciples. We need to know what our authority is in the name of Jesus. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church.
0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb.
1: He's emptied himself of his heavenly power and glory. Jesus is an example of what a righteous man that understands authority can do in the earth.
0: Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.